0: Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, talking with you once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. Today I want to talk about uh, a common refrain that I'm hearing these days and make some comments about what it really means for us going forward. The common refrain is this I'll be glad when things get back to normal. Well, friends, that is not happening. We are not going to ever get back to normal. American culture will never be the same after COVID-19. The disruptions to various systems in our culture are too severe to think that we're going to bounce back quickly. In fact, these systems will not rebound from being stretched. They're going to need to be reinvented after being ambushed by COVID-19. Now, a little later in the podcast, I'm going to talk about these disruptions having both positive and negative effects. So don't just assume that all disruption is negative, and don't assume that all disruption has to be lamented. Disruption can bring about positive change, and we'll talk about that as the podcast unfolds. But before we do that, Let's talk about some of these disruptions and what I mean. First of all, social disruptions. Just one example. Think about how teenagers will be different after COVID-19. They are social creatures. They love the social aspects of school, the social aspects of hanging out with friends, the social aspects of going to the mall. They like being together. This prolonged period of relative isolation for them is going to change the way they relate to one another going forward, and it's going to change the way youth ministry is done as it connects to and meets the need, the social needs of teenagers. What about economic systems? Well, obviously, the stock market has plummeted. Unemployment has skyrocketed. While the stock market is recovering, the employment rate is going to recover much more slowly the economic realities of what's happened during COVID-19 are going to be with us for a while what about educational systems the biggest impact here has been the forced trans uh, for, the forced transition of education into an online learning environment And this is going to have some interesting results. I think some people will love it. I think other people will hate it. And because it's been forced and had to be done quickly, a lot of educators who were not trained and prepared for that kind of learning environment will find it very frustrating and won't won't ever want to go back. So this disruption in online learning is going to significantly impact education in probably a variety of ways going forward. What about corporate systems? Well, we're not seeing many yet, but I predict there are many bankruptcies coming. There are companies that are losing $100 million a month right now, and that cannot be sustained for very long. And so whether it's hotel companies or airline companies or catering companies or even local companies like florists and uh, dry cleaners and people like that in your community, there are many companies that are just not going to make it. And so the corporate landscape will be very different going forward. What about the entertainment systems in our com- in our cult- culture? Entertainment systems have been uh, really blindsided and devastated by the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, All sports have been stopped and they'll come back in some form in the future but I think it will be very interesting how this forced sabbatical from sports for many people will impact their participation going forward. Uh, There's some aspect of sports frankly that that I I really do kind of miss and I I really like for them to come back but As a lifelong sports fan, I also feel that when sports come back, they're not gonna get me back to the level that they had me once before. There's some things that I only had a tangential interest in before that I won't have any interest in going forward. And so this is gonna be a big difference and a big change in the entertainment world, how sports are perceived here in our country. And then of course, perhaps most important for me and for all of us that are listening to this podcast is the impact of COVID-19 on religious systems going forward. Now, uh, I could probably spend a dozen podcasts on this, but I'll just give one example right now, and that is the rise of online giving. Uh, There was one group that, uh, one organization that had a webinar for churches to get started with online giving at the beginning of the pandemic, and 1,000 churches signed up. 1,000 churches that did not have online giving went to that format at the beginning of the pandemic, and they will not likely be going back. And so this is going to be a big change in the future is what is the role of offering giving in a worship service and what is the role in stewardship development of teaching people how to give and what does that mean in terms of giving an offering or giving a visible sign of a devotion to God on a regular basis. I'm not against online giving. I actually participate in some online giving and so please don't misunderstand me. I'm just simply saying it's going to be different because it's a disruption, not necessarily that it's all good or all bad. So when I say that American culture has been disrupted, I mean socially, economically, educationally, corporately, in entertainment and religious systems, in all of these areas, COVID-19 has brought profound disruption. A lot of that is negative. Some of it can be positive. But all of these systems are going to have to be reinvented as we move forward. Now let's focus our attention in the rest of the podcast on ministry organizations and churches And how they can thrive in the midst of this reinvention. Listen, we're going to thrive to the degree that we diagnose the positive aspects of the changes that have been forced upon us and incorporate them into our new normal. Let me say that again. We're going to thrive to the degree that we diagnose the positive aspects of the changes that have been forced upon us and incorporate them into our new normal. Now, I use that phrase, new normal, because I don't want to think of us in terms of going back to the old normal. That's gone. But we're going to get through this time of disruption, and we're eventually going to settle on what I'll call a new normal, and that is a new normal practice of how we do things. And ministry organizations that are successful going forward are going to take the best of what's been forced upon us during this time of disruption and incorporate that into who we become in our new normal. Let me give you just a couple of examples. First of all, ministry organizations have been forced to really ramp up their use of technology during COVID-19. I have friends who are teaching their Sunday school classes by Zoom. Um, I have many meetings that I have attended by Zoom. I'm participating in two boards that I serve on, national boards, and we're participating in those meetings uh, electronically. Now I'm not saying I'll never go to another board meeting, but one of these boards that I serve on requires an all-day flight across the country to the Eastern United States uh, for the meeting, then a day and a half of meetings and an all-day flight back. Uh, I can eliminate A lot of that by simply zooming into that gathering and I'm thinking that in the future there's going to be a lot more of that and so whether we're using uh, video conferencing to teach Sunday school to broadcast worship services or to attend board meetings whatever we're doing we are being forced to use technology in new ways now the ministry organization that thrives in the future will not be the one that says I can't wait till we can stop using technology and all get back together again the organization that thrives is the one that's going to say, let's embrace what we've learned in how to use technology during the pandemic. Let's shape it for our purposes going forward. And let's make the maximum use of technology in new ways that we never thought of before or we never tried before or we never had the capability of doing before. Let's really work on that as we go forward into the future. So one way that we can diagnose positive aspects of change that have been thrust upon us and go forward and use it appropriately is in the use of technology. Here's another one. The pandemic has really forced us to make some serious reevaluations of how we're spending our money. And quite frankly, every ministry organization should have by now discovered some things that it was spending money on in the past that it just simply is not going to spend any more money on in the future. I know how this works. I've been leading organizations for 40 years. Something gets in the budget, and then it gets a little bigger, and then it gets a little bigger, and then it gets a little bigger, and then it gets gets permanent, and then it stays around for a while, and then it just becomes a fixture. And the only reason for doing some things is because we've always done them before. The pandemic has forced us to take some hard, hard looks at our use of resources and say, uh, this, that, and the other is very significant to our mission, but these items down here, not so much, and we're just not doing them anymore. When we come out of this pandemic on the other side, it'll be essential not to return to those bad patterns of paying for things that are not really that essential to the mission and instead limit resources to being focused on what really matters. So that's just two examples of what I mean. We can diagnose the positive aspects of the changes that have been forced upon us like technology and financial management. We can say these things were forced upon us. They have some positive aspects of them and we want to incorporate them into our new normal. Now let me reemphasize this. Our goal must not be to return to past practices. That is not the goal. Our goal is to take the positive aspects of the changes that have been forced upon us and incorporate them into a new normal. So rather than think, I'll be glad when things get back to normal. How can I go back to what I've always done before? Think instead, how can I go forward learning from what's been forced upon me but focused more on cutting new paths to ministry effectiveness than repeating old patterns of ministry practice. Now, one of the best results of the pandemic has been the forced re-examination of ministry strategies in light of our mission. In short, we've been forced to decide what really matters— and do those activities most closely aligned with our mission. We've done this here at Gateway. The activities that are most closely aligned with our mission are our classroom instructional processes. And so, when we made the conversion from face-to-face instruction to distance learning this spring, meaning that we moved everyone into either a video conferencing format or into our online program, when we made that transition, we did so because that was the most important part of our mission that we had to continue to accomplish, which was classroom delivery, and we did not cancel any classes. We could not do that and still fulfill our core mission. But there's other things, some of which uh, are important to us and will likely return after the pandemic, like, for example, chapel that we had to cancel. And cut out any expense related to that because it simply didn't fit the limitations we were facing right now in the culture nor was it a financial priority for us going forward. There's other things that we've done that we've stopped spending money on in the organization and as we look at that we realize we're still thriving and still uh, able to continue to accomplish the core of our mission without those activities and so this hard uh, look at what really matters has forced us to eliminate some things from our schedule, eliminate some things from our program, eliminate some things from our budget, and really align our activity with what really matters. This means that we have a renewed sense of what I call mission discipline. Mission discipline. What is it? Mission discipline is organizational organizational intent, an organizational accomplishment of continually aligning its activities, its programs, its budget with its core mission. Now, this is so challenging because as organizations grow, there's a lot of different voices, a lot of different emphases, and a lot of different opportunities that come our way. The challenge is always aligning activities, programs, and finances with mission. And even the most mission-disciplined organizations have what I call mission drift. And that is one aspect or another drifts away from the core of what we're trying to accomplish. But the pandemic and all that we've been through culturally has forced us to reexamine everything we're doing and ask this hard question, how do these activities, these programs, these Uh, expenditures, how do they line up with our mission? Mission discipline is enhancing that alignment. Mission drift is when you get away from that alignment. Mission drift seems inevitable in every organization, and from time to time, you have to have these correctives that give you a fresh urgency about alignment, and we're all certainly living through that right now. So, I want to challenge you that during this time of, uh, of stress and disruption, when you've spent less time and money on ancillary activities and you have put more resources into essential functions, I want to challenge you that as you go forward, you maintain that pattern that you allow what you've been through in these past few months to shape your structures and your strategies, your personnel and your budget going forward so that you have greater alignment greater mission discipline, and less mission drift. Now, another way to look at this is that every church and ministry organization, like every corporate entity, grows barnacles on their budget, their schedules, and their programs. Barnacles. These are those growths that emerge on the hull of a ship that slow it down by creating drag as it tries to move efficiently forward. And those barnacles have to be chipped off by people who maintain ships They can't be allowed to distract from the path or the chart the trail the the the, the 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 way that the ship is going. So organizations like ours and probably like yours grow barnacles. We have add-ons in our budget in our schedules, and in our programs that really don't contribute to accomplishing our mission, but instead provide an unnecessary drag on our efficient progress. Look, budgeting is a complex process. We go through a tremendous amount of work every year at Gateway to try to create an annual budget. So many different things have to be analyzed to determine the revenue that you're going to have to operate with the following year, and then so many things have to be analyzed to determine the expenses that you're going to have to have for the following year. And frustratingly, some of those things uh, are are out of your control in terms of their cost. Now, you're always in your control as to whether or not you will actually fund them. But for example, uh, insurance rates—you have no idea how those are set, whether they're going up, whether they're going down, or what's going to happen. But you have to decide, are we going to have insurance for our people and insurance for our property? And if we are, then we're going to have to pay it. Well, that's one of those things that's complicating about budgeting and gets down to some really hard decisions of is this a barnacle or is it not? And those hard decisions make budgeting difficult, and I understand that. But this pandemic has forced us to take a good hard look at some, in a fresh way, at some of these issues and simply decide that's not essential. It's not an essential part of what we do and it doesn't have to be an essential part of our future. Another barnacle is in our schedule. You know, all this forced inactivity that we've had put upon us has really revealed that a lot of us are substituting busyness for productivity. You know, I've been forced to really take a big, giant step back and evaluate my schedule uh, during the pandemic. You know, I have a busy responsibility here administratively leading the seminary, but a significant part of my work is actually outside the seminary, representing the seminary as a speaker, an author, uh, a teacher, and so I speak about 50 times a year at events away from the seminary. Conferences, conventions, leadership seminars, uh, training days for pastors, these kinds of events. Well, those have been, have been canceled, uh, almost all of them canceled in April, May, June, and July of this year. Which means that all the time that I would have spent preparing for those events, traveling to those events, and in other ways, uh, investing in those events has now been freed up and is now just on my schedule as giant blank spaces. That's causing me to do some hard evaluation and ask myself the question, how much of that work was really productive for Gateway Seminary and for the kingdom of God? I think a lot of it was. But frankly, some of it, probably not. And so I'm working on some ways right now to think through how I can make better decisions going forward about the kinds of activities that make it onto my schedule so that I don't fall into the trap of substituting busyness for productivity. I want to be productive, accomplishing my mission and the mission of Gateway Seminary. I don't just want to be busy. And then programs are the same thing, especially in churches. I think churches have learned through the pandemic uh, that there are too many things on their schedule. The program's just gotten too complicated, too many activities, too much to do, too many demands on the lives of people, and especially volunteers. And so as we come out of this, I think some of the barnacles of extraneous programming have to be stripped off in order to streamline us for the future. Well, this is just some examples. As we move forward, we have to recognize that mission discipline and mission drift are both possibilities. Alignment is the issue, and scraping off the barnacles on our budgets, on our schedules, on our programs will streamline what we're trying to do and keep us more directly focused on accomplishing the mission that God has given us. During the pandemic, wise leaders have been chipping off these barnacles. Now listen, wise leaders will not let them be reattached when the pandemic is over. You've chipped away during the difficulty. Do not let them be reattached as we move forward. As I said, the seminary is not immune to this problem and we've been working on it. Over these last two months, we've been focusing more and more on the core of our mission, what that means and how to do it. We have eliminated or redefined many other functions. Our core responsibility remains strong. We've surveyed students and their satisfaction level is high. We know the heart of our business and we have not compromised it in any meaningful way. We're glad about that. But we have also uh, curtailed a lot of other activity. And a lot of other expenditure, and it's causing us, or it's giving us the opportunity to take a good long look at what we're doing and make some hard nosed decisions about how we're going to go forward. Now, a caution about this this is not your opportunity as a leader to get what you want, or to grind your axe, or to uh, manipulate a situation to get rid of something that you just don't want to do. That's not what we're talking about at all we're talking about you rising above all of that and identifying the mission of your organization and then with very sober minded decision making process involving your team and involving the leaders who need a voice really thinking through what matters most and putting your emphasis there you know that's really the challenge isn't it it's easy to identify 10 things that matter it's harder to identify six of them that matter most because sometimes the other four items feel like that we've slighted them in some way or said they don't matter. Well, they may matter, but they don't matter most. And so disciplined leadership during this time of pandemic means that normal is not coming back. Our focus is not on reclaiming what we used to be or how we used to do things. Our goal is not putting our old budget, our old schedule, and our old program back into place. No. Our goal is not to return to past practices, but instead to diagnose the positive aspects of the changes that have been forced on us and then incorporate them into our new normal. You can do this as you focus on mission discipline and move away from mission drift. Keep that word alignment in your mind as you're trying to make plans for the future. Scrape off the barnacles that are holding you back and then bring your team together and make sober-minded decisions about what really needs to happen going forward. This is not a time to be arbitrary. It's not a time for knee-jerk reactions, but neither is it a time to be soft on the edge of what it really means to accomplish your mission. This is a moment to step forward. This is a moment to shine. This is a moment to demonstrate real leadership. We can learn from the pandemic and make plans for a new normal. Listen, we are not going back. We are going forward. That's our mentality here at Gateway Seminary. I hope it is your mindset as well. We're not going back. We're going forward. You can do it as you lead on.